Hello, everybody, and welcome to Infralogic's Crossroads podcast with me, Jonathan Carmody, the editor for Latin America. I'm joined today by S&P's Juliana Yokota, who is going to talk to us about the impacts of inflation on infrastructure concessions, particularly in the transportation sector, as well as utilities and other areas. Hi, Juliana. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, Jonathan. Thank you for the invitation and the opportunity to be here. Juliana, inflation has been a real important word in, in 2022. President Joe Biden at one point complained that nobody knew what inflation was and they were using it as a stick to beat him. But I think by now we've all learned a lot about inflation and, and how it's affected our lives. In the infrastructure sector, I've spoken to a lot of people who said that inflation has really affected how people are pricing projects and, and how people are planning for infrastructure concessions. Could you talk a little bit about the state of inflation in the last year and, and how it's affected situation in Latin America? Jonathan, the official inflation for 2022 was not published yet for the countries as we are just starting 2023, but our estimate for 2022 is a 10% weighted average for the six largest economies in Mata, with a 10.5% for Brazil, 11.5% for Chile, 10% Colombia, and around 8% for both Mexico and Peru. This was mainly driven by food and energy goods, and inflation peaked in the first and second quarter of last year, depending on the country. And of course, Argentina is the outlier with over 70% inflation in uh, 2022. So for this year, we forecast around 40 to 50% lower inflation for each of the countries. The central banks for these countries started earlier uh, the monetary tightening by the third quarter of 2021 to restrain the, uh, the uh, inflation hike. So it should be a little bit lower than you see in the US and Europe for 2023. Juliana, in your report, you state that toll roads and mass transit systems have been worse affected by rising inflation than utilities, airports, and ports. Could you explain why that is? So infrastructure concessions contracts are typically adjusted by inflation given its long-term nature. But at the same time, the negative pressure comes from the affordability concerns, which is particularly sensitive to low-income uh, customers in Latin. So we have seen governments to prepare contracyclical measures in advance for utilities, as it impacts uh, the general population. For example, we have seen subsidies for low-income customers programs in Brazil, and the same government has already created three programs to absorb the impact of higher energy price due to the drought and the pandemic, smoothing the effect of the potential hike in the energy bill to the end consumers. So similarly, Chile has created the PEC-1, freezing the energy tariff for a period after the 2019 riots, and more recently, the PEC-2 to absorb this recent spot price hike. In Mexico, the government which owns CFE has been absorbing part of the fuel cost, not passing through you know, this spike to the end consumers. And in Argentina, only discretionary uh, energy adjustments have been done in the past years. So for airports, volumes are more related to the disposable income trend and the airline ticket price, as the airline or the airport fee only represents a small portion of the latter. And for ports, the tariff fluctuates with the demand factors, as port operators 
tend to provide discounts to the shipping lines when you know they are facing idle capacity. That's why we highlighted uh, that the toll roads are more exposed to affordability concerns because uh, the um, contracts have been uh, adjusted as expected right, by the inflation. And the region as well has been exposed to riots against tariffs increases. And as I understand it from, from some of my reading elsewhere, in terms of toll road concessionaires, one of the big problems is the, the subcontractors in projects. Obviously, the as you mentioned, the, the toll road concessions themselves have in inflation-linked clauses to adapt some of the costs. But when the, the construction costs are increasing so much, and as well, internationally, the prices of resources and materials and equipment are increasing as well. A lot of that is passed on through the, the subcontracting, isn't it? It's true. And it is something that might squeeze the operating margins of uh, these um, operators. In your report, you also mentioned the, the protests and you mentioned them just now as well. A lot of those have targeted the toll stations in Latin America in recent years. We saw that in Chile. We saw that somewhat in Colombia and also in Brazil. What does this tell us about the risks that toll road operators assume? And how are the governments structuring projects and intervening to, to mitigate against issues like inflation when tensions rise in this way? So, John, this is something very unique for Latin, right? That different than uh, the US and Europe, the roads are still the main transportation mean for the goods in the region. So there is still attractiveness for the operators for this type of assets in the region. At the same time, the potential risk of government intervention on tariffs is real, as we have seen. It is reflected in our rating analysis as we cap the rating of these entities to the one of the respective sovereign. That being said, there is also positive track record of compensation, either by economic rebalance, such as a concession extension or a financial, as it has recently happened to the toll roads concessions in the state of Sao Paulo in Brazil. It's important to note that we did not experience any break of a contractual terms in the region. And then what is SMB's outlook for Latin American toll road concessionaires in 2023? We've seen somewhat of a rebound since COVID. Uh, and I believe you were saying that there's been a kind of a cutoff point for S&P in terms of how you qualify the kind of pre-COVID and post-COVID situation. Could you explain to our listeners a little bit about that, about the, the kind of break with 2019-2020 in terms of your analyses? So it's important uh, to, to note that most of the portfolio has already recovered for the toll roads to the pre-pandemic levels as uh, transport of the goods remains essential to the general population. We, going forward, should forecast our one and a half, two times elasticity to each of the country's GDP for the traffic growth, considering that we, S&P, right, uh, as a rating agency, tend to be more conservative than the companies when we forecast the traffic. So that you know, should be the new baseline going forward. In your report, you also discuss how ports and airports will be sensitive to general economic activity. As many are predicting a worldwide recession in 2023, do you explain how project revenues might fare at these facilities during the coming year? Okay. For ports, even during the peak of the pandemic, volumes were only down by 5 to 10%. So even if we see a recession, global trade should continue to sustain revenues of ports. It might be flat, 
growth to some of the ports, but we have to consider that the region, Latin right in general, exports agricultural and proteins that's, that tend to be less impacted and benefit by the current devaluation in the region. The economic deceleration might impact the volumes of uh, imports, giving a lower capital uh, spending, estimatives and investments. This is somewhat the factor that we'll be monitoring for, for the ports. And if you think about lower uh, disposable income, this might affect volumes for air travel, given that the traffic recovery was boosted by leisure, friends and family travelers, as business travel recovery continues to be uncertain at this point. But it's still too soon to see like a big uh, hit, as we have seen pent-up demand yet to be satisfied both in the last summer and in the year-end period. Also in the report, you did mention utility companies as well. Could you talk about how some of the rate-setting mechanisms there are granting a full pass-through of inflation? As I said before, in Brazil, we have a full pass-through of the costs. The, uh, the drought has been smoothed by, by you know, these uh, programs. In Chile, they just have created the PEC-2 that will soften uh, the impact of the um, higher energy bill that was uh, that the country experienced due to the drought and due to the uh, higher oil price, right? In Mexico, there were no full press-through of all the uh, fuel price uh, to the energy bill. CFE has been absorbing, uh, you know, part of the energy, the contracted energy price with the suppliers. And in the case of Argentina, this is very discretionary. So there were no pass-through of whatsoever of the energy price. Okay. So Juliana, please tell us a little bit about how the companies that S&P rates are tackling this situation regarding inflation. What are they doing regarding their cash flows or, or their cash positions to, to confront the situation? So John, since the pandemic started, most of these infrastructure companies in the region, they have prolonged their capital expenditures plan, meaning that they're saving um, some of the larger investments that were planning to do in the period for like pushing a little bit further. And we do expect that to continue to happen given the current situation. They have also managed to secure long-term financing at lower rates when we had it uh, this scenario back in 21-22. So we don't expect uh, them to suffer neither by uh, short-term, big short-term maturities, neither by the hike on inflation-linked debt, right, as they have uh, managed to secure fixed financing uh, in the past period. Okay. So with that in mind, do you anticipate that there's going to be much potential for refinancings in 2023? Or do you think most of the companies have now locked in decent long-term rates from 2021-2022? We didn't see many refinancing or new issuances in 2022, as they have managed to secure before that. And we don't expect it to happen uh, like a big liability management in 2023, as they don't have uh, big short-term debt maturities. And with the increasing interest rates globally, uh, we wouldn't expect to happen this year neither. Okay, excellent. 
Juliana, that's a really interesting discussion on inflation. It's obviously a very important issue for infrastructure concessionaires at this time. So I'm sure our readers would be really interested to hear these comments. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. That's all we have time for today on our Crossroads podcast. I'm very glad that you've been able to join us and we look forward to receiving you again on future episodes. If you enjoyed what you heard and you're interested in this subject, please do subscribe and continue to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. From Jonathan Carmody in New York, thank you very much and goodbye.